Feel This with Frank and Jess. Welcome to Feel This, a series of experiential conversations between me, Jessica Olber-Singleton, and Frank D'Amato, where we explore trauma, healing, and awakening through the lens of relationship. And welcome back for part two of last week's episode. Enjoy. Well, there was a likeness in that the first one of the first things they brought up was like Frank had a week and a half. And that that was the first thing that my parts jumped on when I so after I got your text and I was like surprised and I was like, oh, wait, what's and then the first thing I looked at was, oh, yeah, I've had a week and a half to do that. And I understood when Wendy was here. So that week I wasn't. So last weekend we were in Seattle. So last weekend I would have normally done the, you would have had a week normally, well not normally, that's kind of, this is all kind of new of us getting ahead of schedule with the podcast, but I would have liked to have had it to you a week before, but I was in Seattle and I didn't have time to catch up this week. It was really the only opportunity I had was, was Saturday. And so, but it was interesting that my parts, that was where they jumped to first too. They, you know, they were, they, that's, they first went to blame me and that's where they blamed me. And then the part went, yeah, but when would we have done it? And then also said in, when they were inside, this is all inside to myself. And they're like, and we don't expect it to be done by the next, like, I'm just giving it to Jess so she has the opportunity, but I don't have any expectations that it would get done by Sunday. That would be totally ridiculous. It would be really great and awesome that you managed to pull it out or something, but it was like, oh yeah, we're really behind. It's only giving Jess a day. Oh, well, if she doesn't get it done, it doesn't happen. And now there's a sense of, oh, I probably really should have made that more. I should have really, this is the part saying it. I should have. Feeling a little remorse. There's a little should, but a little remorse. It's it's as I'm speaking now is turning into oh, I could have, would have liked to, maybe even said, oh by the way, don't worry about this. Not, but of course, I'm, as I'm speaking, it's really in part your parts that are saying it's got to be done by then. But it can be helpful to get a little reminder from your partner to be like, Hey, I've got no pressure around this and could be helpful. So I'll stop there. Yeah. It's so helpful to even just hearing you speak back. It It's so like, it's, it feels like reality hitting the, the, the hotness, you know, and not that the hotness was even super strong, but it was here and I was kind of giving it space 
and it feels like kind of like a water watering the hotness, cooling it down, grounding it. And a lot of other information comes in. And that information, one was, well, I don't want you to be the rescuer of my, you know, the parts of me that feel super responsible that were already really present, right? I don't want you to feel like that's something you should do. And even just the clarity that there was a voice in my own head that I was attributing to you that you thought I should be able to like stop your life in the next, you know, 14 hours, you need to do this thing. And I knew pretty quickly, even though I was still attributing it to you, like it was kind of feeling inside of me that it was coming from that external source. I knew that that wasn't true. And in fact, that's part of what came in to help me write the text that was like, Hey, I got some parts. They're upset that I had less than a day and I'm working with them. And I might get to it today and I might get to, to, to it tomorrow and I might not. And I knew that that would all be okay with you as I wrote it. But I also knew I wanted to let you know I had parts that were upset. I wasn't sure beyond that, other than that felt more honest than not telling you. Right. I'll pause there. I feel appreciation because part of, like I said, part of what the surprise aspect does not feel good. And so I could easily imagine the flip version where you don't send that text. And then those energies kind of build up a little bit, or maybe you mention it here with a little bit, you know, maybe some of that slips out a little bit because you haven't spoken for it so that that part feels a little more pressure to like, well, we've got to let it be known that this wasn't okay for us or something didn't feel good in that process. And that would feel worse to me. So to get that, I can see like this, this picture of how it unfolded, it feels a little more like, oh, you did let me know. I did have a chance to go, oh, something's there for Jess. I didn't get a blame in the text. There's something there that is on the edge of that, that I want to be my, I knew coming in, I'm not surprised by it being here. Right. I actually, brought it up because of that. So I I feel a lot of appreciation for you sending that text message in the exact way you did. That's cool. That feels, that feels really good. And in general, I'm feeling really good about this whole thing. I have, I have, well, let's see if I can find it. One more piece that feels like a really, it's sort of like a turning myself in, in the sense that I could not tell you this, but it's an important piece actually that it was a voice in my head that was like, you know, which was that the podcast, because I was also on vacation over the last two weeks and I was out and things were busy and everything was sort of different than usual. There was not as much norms and order and schedule and stuff. I completely forgot because I did two weeks worth of notes two weeks ago, and then it was just totally off my radar. And so when your text, rather your, your, it was a, it was a Marco Polo, when your message came through and I had this big reaction, another voice came in and was like, you know what? You had, this was in Frank's lap 
And it was completely like you had no awareness of it. It's kind of like the part of me that was mad that you gave me less than a day. This is the part that says that, right? This is all in quotes, the story that you gave me less than a day to do my job was also completely like not aware that I even had a job until I got the message. So there's something about that that was sort of a reminder in my own system that sort of the responsibility of the podcast was in your lap for a whole week and a half. And I had just been like, we I'm on vacation. (laughs) So, and I don't know exactly how you held that responsibility, but some part of me was like, you know what, you weren't even thinking about this because if you had been, you might've sent him a text that said, Hey, I know we got this coming up. I would love to have two or three days. Is that possible? Right. So that's kind of like that could have happened. Yeah. That's, that's the, uh, at the moment you're having now, how is it feeling right now? It feels really good. It kind of feels like a lightning, like I feel some unwinding and some of my muscles that were a little tense. It's like, okay, it's whole. It feels whole. It feels like, okay, we're both humans. We're both doing the best we can. We're both fallible here. We both are feels good. Yeah. At the meta level, when we were talking and talking about entering, entering into these conversations where I'm like, okay, I know, let's say in this case, I know my relational partner, you have a coworker, wife, husband, child, whatever. I know my relational partner is or friend is upset with me to some degree, we're having, we're going to have a conversation about it. Am I approaching that coming in with some openness, but then that kind of cautiousness around it. And the two pieces that my system holds are one, like I said, if you're feeling anger, I hold that within myself of the value of when something doesn't feel right, that's really important to pay attention to knowing the value of the anger from an internal place, that place of, because it's easy for me from the outside to look at the other person's anger as misguided, unreasonable, you know, all my parts could, that's really easy. And that really doesn't help if, if I really care about the relationship, that's really not going to help move towards a repair. A B there's a, as I move into that with a willingness to listen and be like, you know, I don't have all the information. I know there's going to be a little moment kind of like the one you just had. There's a moment where I'm like, Oh yeah, I could have the, or the moment I just had too. And the moment of seeing a kind of broader awareness of again, what's happening in the, in the relational we space is a is a two person thing and there's always some space where my system is kind of for me operating in the we space like an individual like okay i've done my little job and handing it off and 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 putting some responsibilities letting go of some responsibilities or not taking them maybe not noticing the the clarity of the commitments that i make or the arrangements that i make they don't they 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 don't seem as sharp as or clear. My point is 
I usually get some kind of aware, it expands my awareness usually. And it's a, it's a, usually a moment that's kind of a humbling moment a little bit, but feels good. It's this moment of like, oh, oh yeah, I kind of see it a little bit more broadly. And the parts that feel right, their, their rightness gets a little softened. And that can be hard sometimes for parts to let go of their feeling of right. I'm right. And, but ultimately that it does feel relieving and it really returns to a sense of the we, and then it moves towards like, oh, we're, we're connected. We're in this together. Jess and I are in this. So for my system to, yeah, one, bringing more awareness, right? And a lot of times it comes to more communication. Like I could have known easily from the time we recorded it up until that week that I knew I was not going to have time with Wendy here to edit it and very unlikely that I would find time during the week. That's really challenging. So to give a heads up on that would have been good. And your system also going, Oh yeah, I could have asked you that whole time. Like your parts were not really, you know, it's off, it's out of my hands and that's the way we've been doing it. And so, yeah, I don't have a big, I guess those two points, walking in with the the respect for the the anger as moving towards something really really important to to really hear and then the second piece of really being open to that moment that humbling moment of seeing things in a bigger picture that's more relational oftentimes you begin to see the things that you hadn't seen before become becomes aware of oh I wasn't really thinking about for you in this case you weren't thinking about, you know, the week and a half where you could have said something, you know, and shared some of the responsibility about this, the, the that the podcast episode getting named in time for it coming out, et cetera. So and I feel like I had one moment, but I can't grab it right now. So I'll stop there. Yeah. Feeling gratitude for your, the part of you that, put a bookmark on that for all the reasons and had the willingness to bring it into the space for us. Also for the listener, it feels potent somehow. I don't know that you said it quite like this. Maybe it feels potent in my system that there's kind of a cultural norm in America. I think in a lot of ways that a bunch of people are sort of interacting from a very individualistic sort of space and that the we is almost like an accident or a mess that needs to be cleaned up or something to be avoided. And also, so that just felt like one of those implicit cultural things being made explicit, maybe me making it a little more explicit that that's just so kind of normal in so many even whether you're coworkers or living in the same household. And the edge where something in my system says this thing, which I actually value has been missed or not given its due, having the importance of and value of that but that there's the edge where that can then turn into blame and shame and should. 
And that that can the, the, the level of discomfort when it flips over into that, I didn't do something that I value. I did something that I didn't, I wouldn't have done if I'd been really conscious of it. I feel so terrible. Like if we feel so terrible, then this thing can kind of happen in our system of avoidance. How do I not feel this way? And just appreciating the way you were naming it within the space of something's alerting me within my system that something's off, something's important, something's been missed, something matters. But not so much moving into like sort of, it's not harmful to the system. And and I don't know, I'm not articulating this very well, but I'm seeing the importance and the difference between when it feels bad, when we're trying to help ourselves like manage, you know, manage our parts and our ways by bad feeling, there's a lot of that that can kind of happen without us being conscious of it. And just the value of, oh, this is important. It matters. And I don't necessarily have to go to the point of reprimanding. It's more than reprimanding, you know, like I don't have to punish myself, I guess, to get back on track with what I want to be doing in my relationships and in my own system. And I'm hoping we get to talk about money. (laughs) Well, I was sitting with a nice completion moment. I didn't have a big spark in responding to the last piece there. And so I was kind of sitting with that kind of like, what, what now energy? And then you brought forth about the piece about the money. And I feel curious about that. I had a little part about two minutes ago that was in the little silence in between that was like, oh, we didn't get to the, we, we did it again. We didn't get to the money, meaning we didn't get to the follow the content. Although, yeah, because we are, yeah, we're kind of short on time. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like we would be doing that content a disservice by rushing through it in 15 minutes. Agreed. So I I would love to follow up with just seeing the next time we meet how the content of this podcast settled into our nervous systems to kind of reconnect around that and to talk about money. And I I think it could be worthwhile to touch into without going into depth, maybe some of the pieces around money that your system might want to talk about or mine that could be a little bit of a prelude energy. Do we have to say them in the voice of the the guy who does the movie previews? Just kidding. (laughs) What feels forward for me, and I'm almost having to kind of, you know, it's almost like a, part of me that was like, Ooh, let's reconnect with that. It doesn't feel super strong is around in inside my own system, how the thing that I want to, is the word commodify is the thing that has been very well protected from my 
I'm just going to bring in a little jargon. There's like the natural child and there is the, what's the word for the other one? Adaptive. Adaptive or adapted. Adapted, adapted child. The one who looks around and sees that being her whole self might not be convenient for the people around. And so then you start to adapt, right? You start to change to fit your system so that you can not feel like you're going to get chucked out. So a lot of the things that I plan to commodify and want to commodify and, and bring into the flow of life as in, it's not just inside my own world and inside my own home, but it's going to come out into the world that these are things I have spent a lot of my parts have spent a lot of time and energy in protecting from the adaptations that my adapted child had to, to do to not feel rejected and how I feel a lot of respect around that protection and curiosity. And I know that the curiosity and respect are the path to making a connection between the world outside of my home and my mind and heart, you know, making a connection out into the world, the things that I have to offer and the things that I create and how money plays in with all of that. Yeah, I could see as you're talking that literal energy of what's inside you, the creative energy, the experiential energy and coming through the body, your hands into art, and then the process of finding a channel with the world around you, which is in part in our culture connected to money. Just seeing that energy, I, I could just see you talking about it and I could picture, was picturing, see an image of that energy flow and feel real curious about just talking about all that. For me, as we approach this topic, it feels very big in the sense of one thing that comes forward is like a crucible moment for me is some deep healing work I did around money, probably around, it was near the beginning of my IFS work. So maybe 10 years ago, nine years ago. So there's this kind of sea change moment that happened in my system around trauma healing I did around money over the course of a few months. And so that becomes a kind of focal point, like what was happening in my mind before that? What was that healing process like? What shifted after that? And that's the kind of center that that feels like it has the most weight because it's the most personal and experiential. It's very dramatic the way I felt before, what the experiences of the healing work was and the impact after. And it feels, that feels like it has the most gravity to me because it's true to my experience. I'm only speaking from my own truth of my own experience and they're meaningful experiences. Connected to that are a lot of kind of more kites that are kind of connected, picture a kite 
that is tethered to that as the gravitational pull. But some of those kites are how money, the history of money in my own family with my father, maybe some of the connects to some of the trauma around that from my childhood, where we hold that as a culture. How do other cultures hold that? Where does that conversation kind of come into play here in terms of cultures that are more socialist or left-leaning or communist and the conversations I often wonder as we're having these, you and I are having these conversations about money and the parts that come up around money and energy. And there's a whole field of quote unquote manifesting and all that stuff, which I have a little caution around, or I distance myself from quite a bit. I don't, I don't identify with the, I guess called manifesting culture. I don't really identify with that. Although I don't, I get some of it. There's some overlap in the Venn diagram of where I live and where that exists. And there's something about it that I hold back from. And again, this is all interesting in the realm of talking about money. But there's a whole cultural thing inside of a capitalist culture that we exist in that has some fundamental beliefs about money that other cultures completely don't, may not have. And also actually outright think are bad. And so I just find that really interesting as part of this conversation. Like, what is it like for me to have this conversation, be entrenched in the screens that I'm entrenched in growing up in United States, capitalist consumers culture? How much is that inside me? How am I holding my relationship you know, you and I are talking about a balance with what's happening inside us and finding a match for the outside world. And the outside world is a particular outside world. In this case, it's a particular, particular cultural context. And we're finding right balance with that. And then there's some questions for me of what is it like if we start to look outside that as well. So holding it within the context of existing inside 21st century capitalist Western culture. And then what, what is it like if I kind of try to unblend from that a little bit and step back from it and see myself in that the root, like I said, all of that's a little bit more kitey, but the root of it comes from this trauma burden, healing, and then seeing other people's relationship to that. So that's, that's what comes up for me. That's, that's where I'm looking kind of to go to when we do go there. Yeah. Maybe we can listen to these last few minutes that we both spoke for the next one as a, our bookmarks. I feel really excited, especially to hear about the pivotal moment of healing at the start of your IFS journey. I felt a lot of curiosity and excitement at what I might learn in listening to that story. And I look forward to the idea that we might begin, I might, you might begin to not just breathe the air 
of our capitalistic culture, but actually bring awareness to the air we're breathing, which is not an easy thing to do, but definitely worth trying. Can be lots of insights and it feels very rich and exciting and darn it, I hope we get to it. Although I've loved today's conversation and felt like it had great value and was just the thing for for today. So that's me. Well, what would feel good for you here now, Jess, kind of taking a pause, seeing where we are. For me, what's coming up now is an impulse to reflect on the session today, kind of see what stands out and And maybe just reflect on the process we had today and see what comes up around that. That sounds great. I've got mine whenever. Sure, go. Go ahead, yeah. The two things that popped forward were my appreciation for you bringing it into this space. bringing it to me, bringing it to the listeners, great appreciation for that. And that whatever this, whatever sort of conflict, what, however that felt to you, there was caution, but also a willingness and a sense of value. The second thing that came forward was toward the beginning, you know, I had a real sense of the part of me that says, I don't know how to do conflict. I don't know how to deal with my anger constructively. And I'm reflecting now like, oh, I did pretty good. <laughs> it's like, oh, maybe that story isn't as true as it used to be. And we did good. <laughs> so a willingness to begin to change that story or assumption in my own system and not necessarily believe it as strongly going forward. And that feels really great. Yeah, as you started with appreciation for me bringing it up, I immediately started to feel into something you were sharing as we were talking about this earlier. You you were, not how you mentioned it, but something along the lines of us being in, in, in our culture, being very individualistic and not relationally minded and and when there's some kind of turbulence or, or even before that, there's a little sense of I'm in my own bubble bouncing up against people in their own bubbles. And we got to make sure all the transactions are clean and neat and clear. And, and there's not a lot of we space in that. There's a lot of me and you and maybe working to negotiate that me and you in a healthy, clear way, but there's not a lot of expansion around that. And as you naming that, and I notice that part of me, the younger part of me, he feels like 12 or 13, where he's just coming into relationship. He's managed to like, to some degree, find his own equilibrium on his own. And now coming more into relationship, it's like, ah, you're disturbing my equilibrium. And I can feel that when I enter into these conversations, 
with my partner, with people I care about, where I'm like, ooh, there's some, something's not feeling okay. We've got to look at something. There's that part of me that is there. He's an early, he's an early responder, that kid. He, he comes forward and he's just like, oh, this is all so messy. Why, why does it have to be so messy? You know, like last night, I'm sitting, I'm playing video games, happily <laughs> playing video games. And then, I, oh, I took my partner. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, she's not happy with me or something that happened. And that's a first responder. That's basically like, I was fine before relationship was here. I had my equilibrium. And it's very easy from that place to dismiss the other person's feelings. Oh, that's not a big deal. Deny, defend, all kinds of stuff from that part that he's really not used to. He's really afraid of the emotions that come up in conflict. He's not entirely comfortable with that humbling moment of, you know, seeing, oh, what I didn't see. All that stuff is hard for him to process. And he's still, for me, at this stage of my development, he's still in the mix when I approach these conversations. He is still the one that was a little, that's the part that was a little anxious about coming in, knowing you had some parts up. And that being a sort of vestige in me, like that, that I took that in at a young age culturally and, and also as a way to protect from my own trauma and my own uncomfortable feelings. And now I'm in the space of, yeah, I kind of just know I'm going to feel some degree of that in these conversations with the, with anyone where I'm getting some kind of feedback that what I did didn't land entirely the way I thought or intended in a positive way. It might've felt bad to the other person in some way that, that, that 12 year old, he's going to be there to some degree and be going like, ah, why do we have to do, you know, why is everything such a big, you know, can't you guys just leave me alone? Whoever that is, can't we just feel, you know, and for me to have a spacious, kind relationship to him being willing to, uh, I can still approach the conversations with him there. He doesn't have to not be there. I don't have to silence him or make him bad or wrong but he can kind of be here with me. And I kind of felt that today with you, I was able to speak for that, maybe not quite as clear as I'm speaking for him now, because I've gotten a lot clearer through the process of this dialogue and last night's dialogue. And so seeing all these conversations and these experiences of quote unquote conflict feedback as part of a evolving growth in my own system around my own relationship to relationship and the parts that are like, I just want to be, I still, the parts is, I just want to sit in my room by myself and play my video games and have relationship really simple. And as I said that, I can see that part was, is really missing maybe a very simple or wanting or yearning for a kind of parental relationship where a parent would just be like, it's okay for you to be just as you are. Oh, you're playing video games. What are you playing? You know, and I'm not, I don't have any problem with you. I'm just interested in you. Nothing you're doing is triggering me. I don't have any expectations. And so I can tell 
that comes from a young place and a missing or yearning for that type of holding energy. And yeah, that makes sense to me. It also makes sense. It's a mismatch for, to look for that in a friend or a partner or expect that to get, to, to not have my behavior have a bad or a quote unquote bad or an ouch impact at some point to expect that to never come up is, is not realistic at all. So. As you were sharing, I felt a lot of like spaciousness in my own system to get curious and make space for the parts of me that have those confusion and discomfort around the complication and want the simplicity. And that felt really good. I know we're finishing up here, but I had one other thought that felt really kind of fun to share. I spent the, the day I didn't listen to and make notes for the podcast, I spent with my two nephews and my niece at my, I picked them up and Greg and I went and took them to my mom's house and we played all day. And when we came back, I dropped them at their house and the middle one, he's just turned seven and we got home and we're dropping them off and Greg and I are getting ready to skedaddle out the door. It's been a long day. And he said, I, you know, you need to come downstairs. I need to show you something. So I go downstairs and he shows me this Lego kit he just got for his birthday and he's halfway through making it and he's just showing it to me. Here it is. Here's where I am in the steps of creating it. And I'm like, cool, right? So it's a very short, simple, here it is. You see it. I asked a couple of questions and then he goes, because you have to leave, but can you send someone downstairs? I like to work with someone else around. And then he dismissed me completely and just goes to work on it. And as I'm going up the stairs, he's like, send someone down, you know, and just keeps working. And it just the simplicity of it, of, I just want someone else in the room. That's all I need right now. So I really felt that in what, not, not that it was, that was what you were asking for, but just the beauty of that simple sense of connection and that we can be completely simply in our own thing, but also maybe someone else is just around. Well, this all feels really good. I like ending on that image. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Your nephew. I want to thank everyone for coming on the journey with us. Certainly in the, the last couple of weeks of this episode, but certainly along the whole journey of the podcast. I'm so glad you're, you're here with us, continuing to connect. Very meaningful to me. So glad for your, your presence. Me too. Yeah. I look forward to next time. See you next time. Bye-bye.